I'm going to talk about a very difficult subject. It's called free will. Most people believe that they have free will. The uh, strange thing about it, in the mechanical world, when uh, they say the machine turned off, machines don't turn off. Either there's a short or something wrong with the circuit. And even automobile mechanics look for the factors that change the behavior of the automobile. Either the tires are not equally inflated, they look for that. If your car veers to the right or left, sometimes the tire pressure isn't even in your car. Sometimes a lawnmower doesn't cut the grass, the blades aren't sharp enough, or the RPM is not great enough, the rotational speed. So they always look for events that are responsible for the behavior of all mechanical systems. In fact, if you made a blade of a fan and had no pitch, it would turn, but it wouldn't blow wind. So it's the pitch that blows the wind. And of course, the pitch moves the air and blows the wind. Uh, so we all look for, even a, a wind turbine is turned by the pitch, but wind has to act on it to do that. Now moisture rises off the earth. We say the moisture is rising. Actually the sun evaporates it. The sun lifts these little drops by heating them and they move up and back rapidly and they rise. They rise. Actually they are caused to rise by the sun acting on the drops of water. We equate everything in nature. We never see well, some of us do. We say the tree fell over. The tree doesn't fall over unless it happens to have branches which grow and change the center of gravity of the tree. So it can no longer, the roots are not, do not grasp enough surface to keep the tree upright. So the wind acting, acting on the tree makes it fall to the ground. It isn't just the wind, it's gravity an asymmetry of balance which causes that. But human beings feel that they themselves have free will. They make choices. And free will means that all choices are made without cause. And if something is caused by something else, it's not free will. In other words, hunger, when you get hungry, the organism has used a lot, a lot of energy, and so you have different feelings. You have thirst, you have hunger. It's thirst, and it tends to make you want a glass of water. If you never had the feeling of thirst, you'd dry up, you'd die. If you didn't have a sensor, if a fly landed on you, if you didn't feel the itch, it would sting you continuously. So would it be. But the fact that you have sensory things, meaning responding mechanisms, you whack the fly. So if all things in nature are subject to natural force, including the orbit of the moon around the earth, is a gravitational field that keeps the moon within the orbit. The same with the earth, the same with the earth rotation. Is done by physical force, something in nature that does that. 
a magnet really does not attract other material, but there's some mechanism in the magnet that acts in a certain way. In other words, they found out years ago that if you suspend the ball with a string near a precipice, it moves toward the precipice. Mass seems to attract mass, certain kinds of mass. So if you suspend a ball near a cliff, it moves a little bit toward the cliff. Now, what that mechanism is, I can go into theories about that, but I don't want to do that now, because it wouldn't serve any useful purpose. If an airplane is about to take off, and there's a sudden gust of wind, it'll take off faster. And if it's about to come in for landing, and the wind moves at the speed the airplane is moving, it'll drop to the ground. It needs wind coming at it to sustain it. Also, man does not see with his eyes. He needs light. If a man says, well, at least I can see, if you bring him into a dark closet and tell him to see, he cannot, unless there's light. So he does not see with his eyes, he sees with a combination of the retina, the brain, the eyes, and light, and many other factors, which I needn't go into. If all things are acted upon by nature, if a moth has a tendency to fly into light, and the moth has what we call an antenna, it's a heat sensor, and when he gets near the flame, the heat sensor lets him know, gives him a reaction away from the flame. So a moth without an antenna would fly into fire. It's the antenna that caused him to back off. If you put sensors on a machine, meaning if they can sense the environment, they can react to it. Without sensors, a blind man needs a cane to see if there's objects in front of him because he doesn't have visual senses. They say he tripped over the object. You know, he had no senses to tell him there was an object on the floor that he could not sense. So if a doctor knows that, that you have damaged senses, they recommend eyeglasses or eye surgery or retinal damage replacement or hearing aids. If you lose your hearing, you can't hear a Mack truck coming down the street. You have to step in front. If you can hear, at least you got another sensor that tells you there's a vehicle coming. So people that are deaf have a higher chance of being hit by a car. Not because they're deaf, because they can't sense a car coming down the street. So when we talk, they used to in the old days say we have six senses, like we had six. We have an internal sense of how full you are, you have a pain sense of the depth of your body, you have an itch sense, you have a burn sense, you have many different senses, not six. Whenever you say, you can say, we have six senses that I'm aware of, but you can't say we have six senses. You have a sense of fullness sometimes, a sense of fatigue, which they don't talk about. So, so don't try to numerically unless you do a study of everything you react to and you say, this is a list of everything that I find that man can react to. Some people, some, very few, can sense magnetic fields. Some birds can't 
if you put a magnet, connect a magnet to their head, they lose sense of direction. The same with fish. So fish have senses we don't have. I'm not talking about good, bad, or right or wrong. I'm just talking about what you react with. So if a light gets continuously brighter and brighter, your eyelids will come down. And if it gets so bright, you'll put your hand in front to diminish the light. They say, I put my hand there to diminish the light. Even if they couldn't speak, they'd do that. You know what I mean? They don't have to be able to speak. So people think that they choose things. The proof that they don't choose things is many, but I'll give some. If you're brought up in a tribe that looks very different than we do, you fall in love with that configuration. That's why when I say there's no such thing as beauty, it's a conditioned thing. You're conditioned to like girls that are blonde or redhead, depending on the movies, the books, the people you've known. So we don't always know what it is that makes us appear to choose. But if you met a person with, with yellow spots on their face and they always beat you up every time you met a person with yellow spots, the next time you saw a person with yellow spots, you'd cross the street. And they say, well, I'm avoiding the person with the yellow spots. No, that's called the conditioned reflex. You're conditioned to react to yellow spots. It doesn't mean that everybody with yellow spots will beat you up. We project, and maybe some of that projection is useful for survival. So if you eat a certain type of grass and you get a bellyache, the next time you see that pattern, you tell somebody else, don't eat that. Because all your decision-making is based upon experience. So if you touch a lot of poison oak and you get blisters on your hand and you don't know what it is that you touch, you better make a record in the future of touching things and then looking at your hand. And then later when you get a reaction, your decision-making system is affected by the rash you get. So if you meet a redhead and she's very temperamental, and you meet a second redhead and she's very temperamental, you might tell your friends, stay away from redheads. They're temperamental. No, that's your reaction to particular redheads. So if you meet a gay person and they reach for you, you put your hand there, what the hell's the matter with that person? They've been conditioned differently than you have. It isn't that they're bad. Nobody is bad. So that's why society does not believe in free will. They say, don't steal. When the kid steals, you slap his hand, if you catch him stealing. If you don't catch him, he can get away with it. So you tell kids, you give them a sense of morality, a sense of behavior, by spanking or pulling a dog. All dogs will try to, be, try to do whatever they want to do. So you connect a leash to him. When he tries to do his own thing, you pull him away. So he always has to obey you. But if you let a dog alone, he'll take over. A dog will always try to get you to do things to satisfy it, unless you dominate the dog. The same with people. If a guy says to a small guy, go get me a glass of water, and the small guy doesn't, and he slaps him. The next time he says, get me a glass of water, small guy, get him a glass of water. But if a big guy, 
and he picks him up and throws him across the room. He never says, he says, I'll get my own glass of water. That's based on conditioning. So free will is an arrogance on the part of man, the assumption that he is the only object in the world that does not react to certain stimuli. All decisions are based upon whatever reaction you had. If you like a young lady, you get married. In the old days, you just moved in together. But it was too difficult to manage. That is, a ruling group of people could not manage people unless they made a set of laws and said, you don't take anything out of his hut, you don't take anything out of her hut. They had to invent some kind of structure to keep that society from working. In other words, if everybody took things from your log cabin and you went hunting and you got five rabbits and I stole four of them, the tribe wouldn't work. So morality is an outgrowth of inability to manage systems. Do you understand that? All moral laws come about because we need to have, especially if you get more than four people living together, you have to make laws. The laws that don't take his bow and arrow, he made that bow and arrow. You, you give him all kinds of words, it's wrong, this is... Uh, but if a guy doesn't have a bow and arrow or a javelin and a lion comes at him and your javelin is nearby, he will borrow it. He doesn't steal it, he borrows it and he throws it at the lion. Because that's the only thing he knows that'll keep the lion off. He said, I decided to take your javelin although I know it's yours, but there was nothing else I could do at the time. So the judge might be lenient. Now a lenient judge is a broad judge with broader experience. A judge that's brought up to believe in right, wrong, good, bad, black and white, his decisions are rigid as hell. But if he goes to another country that has a different set of values and he learns to live there, he can understand when you say, Different cultures impose different values on people. They don't care if you uh, were to take one grape from your grape collection. You had a lot of grapes on the table. But if you only had one grape, the law becomes severe. In scarcity, there are more laws. Can you understand that? The scarcer the object, the more laws. Now, if a man is incapacitated, he has scarcity. So he looks at you that can walk up and down and jump. He envies you because you have a wider range of behavior. But if he can be given a shot in the same range of behavior, he no longer envies you. So envy is a byproduct of behavior sometimes that you cannot perform. Do you understand that? Okay. Now, what people would like to do, uh, let's assume that you lived in such a world where a person suddenly looks a certain way and his face changes so that girl likes his looks. His nose changes, everything changes. His hair becomes wavy and curly and the girl says, I like your looks. Then when he meets another girl that has a different set of his face undergoes change. He becomes black or whatever it is that that girl likes. So that would be an organism that can change its shape 
as a kid, I always had difficulty with one crocodile getting an erection over another. And I saw nothing beautiful about a crocodile to give me an erection. And I couldn't understand how a crocodile would want to screw another crocodile. They're so ugly to me. But I now understand it's chemotropism, it's some chemical that activates the sexual behavior, not the appearance of the crocodile. You have lovely teeth. I love the texture of your, of your skin. It's nice and rough. They don't have those values. They react to a different set of circumstances. The assumption, when you turn the camera on, everything is connected, it'll work. If you don't turn it on, you say, gee, maybe something's wrong with the camera. So you start looking at relevant areas. Is it plugged in? Is there a power failure? Well, we don't do that with human beings. When they react a certain way, we say, you're bad, you shouldn't have done that. We don't look for the cause because we're never told about that. But we are told about cause when the sewing machine doesn't go on, it's not plugged in, or the motor is dead, or the power is off, you're given that. But it's very hard for human beings to say, I wonder what made me do that. Because they don't keep a record of, of, of going to church and noticing when you go to church, if you don't steal, they're less apt to wind up in jail. So if you obey the law of your society, you get by. If you break the law, or you seemingly break the law to another person. If another person thinks you broke the law, and if you've got three witnesses that think you broke the law, they can put you in jail because of what they think. So you have uh, judgment by a jury which is based upon their common values, not the truth. Uh, that is, when I use the word the truth, I'm talking about events. They don't base their judgment on events. If you're brought up to hate Germans, they can understand that, and they can understand why you stab the German, because they told you in school the German will stab you if you don't stab him, and the Japanese soldier will kill you if you don't kill him. So they give you a set of values that makes your behavior conducive to the will of the government. Government means a control group. The control group does not know the origin of their controls. All they know is that it kept them in power. And if they altered those controls, they lost power. And they gave everybody free will. They said, you can do whatever you want to do. I'm taking your throne and your crown away from you. If you said that to the king, he would lose his power. So he says, honor the king. Never take anything from the king. If you do, they'll chop your head off. You go at it strongly, that really controls behavior. So the assumption of falling in love with an attractive girl, what you've been conditioned to call attractive, is what, you, is what your behavior is. Versus, but isn't there such a thing as true beauty? Well, you can look at a sunset as true beauty, if you want to. Or you can look at a thunderstorm as fascinating. Or you can look at it as a threat. There are people that are threatened by thunderstorms. There are people that have phobias about lightning. 
and rain which produce floods. But it all depends on where you're brought up and how you're brought up, what your decisions are. I'm saying your decisions, what decisions have been forced upon you. Now, if you want to sit back and think about it, you say, well, am I making a decision when I pick a certain kind of furniture? You say, well, why did you pick that furniture? Because I like it. That doesn't tell why you picked it. Because Aunt Minnie, I always respected Aunt Minnie and her husband, and they had that kind of furniture. And so I want the kind of furniture that commands respect. I want to drive a certain car, Mercedes, because the guy next door has a Mercedes, and it cost three times as much as my car. And everybody in the neighborhood respected him. But if he drove up, if he drove up in a beat-up tin Lizzie that was a dense all over the place, he commanded less respect. Now, you could bring up people to want a broken tin Lizzie, because the more you suffer on earth, the closer you are to God. So a guy says, boy, I've had a terrible weekend, but I feel very close to God. So suffering, in the, like the penitentes of Mexico, whip each other as they carry the cross that Jesus carried, to feel some of the pain that they feel that Jesus went through to become great. So they want to share the pain with Jesus. And later on, the more pain, the greater the sharing. So you can learn to love pain. Can you understand that? The major cause of suicide in the South Pacific was a prison or a toothache because there was no end to a toothache when you couldn't have a man pull your tooth. It was nothing but constant torture. When the white man brought sugar and candy to the islands, there were more dental caries. You understand? So, if you hold a bright light in front of a person's eye, the eye tends to follow it, unless you ask them not to. When you say, don't follow the light, you move it around, the eyes will not follow the light. But that is conditioning. Conditioning, you say, well, I could either follow the light or not follow it. It depends on the orders you give him. God says, I was brought up in a home where my brother was very jealous and my parents were jealous and I was not jealous because you were brought up in a home that varied those conditions somehow. You may not know what they are because people can't always account for their behavior unless you are a careful student of behavior, to study all of the elements that motivate you. When you're a kid, you don't grow up saying, I wonder why my dad uh, makes me feel inferior, because he knows a lot of things I don't know. And we think, because he's my daddy, knows that. No, because he's been exposed to a set of values. Uh, like I said many times, a creative person has been exposed to a wider set of values than you have in a given area. You might be more creative in making javelins. He might be more creative in, in some other area, depending on their exposure. So I'm saying that free will is an assumption based upon the inability to account for certain aspects of behavior. Do you understand what that means? If you can't account for what it is that makes you decide one thing over another, 
That's all you can say is, I don't know what it is. But if you say it's nothing, it's inborn. Well, there are inborn reactions to move your hand away from fire, to uh, hold your foot in front of you when, you're, when the ground is slippery. Those are learned conditions. And there are many reflexes that are protective. Those are inborn reflexes. Your knee reflex, that's inborn. You can't say, I'm not going to react unless there's a disconnection of the nerves. So, everything in nature seems to be caused by something. When an airplane crashes, the FAA, the Federal Aviation Authority, comes in, they said the cause of the crash was engine failure, or the ailerons failed, or the rudder failed. They look for cause, but in human behavior, they do not look for cause. Of course, if a man says, well, he was brought up in a deprived environment, the judge says, I was brought up in poverty. I don't steal. How come he does? Because I will not to. He had more influence placed upon stealing than the other guy did. And he was less reinforced, and he was caught stealing and spanked for it. But if a kid steals a lot of candy from a candy store and doesn't get caught, he might begin to take other things. Do you understand that? But if he gets caught and is hurt by being caught, he may not steal. So you say, he's more moral than she is. Morality is based upon the reward you got. If you work in a jewelry store and you stole one watch, the jeweler was not very attentive. He didn't always count all his watches at night and puts them away. So you can get away with it, then you might take a watch for your girlfriend. You know what I mean? So, whatever you say, well, he's got a lot of watches, you rationalize. He's got a lot of watches, he's not going to miss it anyway. So if you work in a Coca-Cola factory with thousands of bottles, and you drink one Coke, then look, it's not going to hurt the company. You can rationalize. They could, psychiatrists, says, the thief rationalizes his thievery. Now, the psychiatrist, of course, says to the thief, it costs you $65 an hour to come to me. Well, the thief never agreed to that, but the psychiatrist says, that's the fee I charge. When a doctor says it's going to cost you $4,000 to put an artificial knee in you, he doesn't say, what can you afford? You know, he, he's a dictator. And you say, well, that's the way it is. And it makes you feel guilty. If you say, well, I can't afford it, and the doctor says, well, if you clean my place and you uh, put things in place in my office for about three weeks, I'll do the surgery for you. You know, he doesn't say, pay me in kind, however you can. That's the old days of barter. When a guy couldn't afford to give you gold, he said, I want you to change my leaky roof. You know what I mean? So, he says, it's only right that you should do something for the doctor since you can't pay him. So your right and wrong becomes the thing you do. When another nation takes land away from another nation, they feel, well, they don't know how to use it anyway. The Indians were savages. The Africans would be eating each other if we didn't bring them here as slaves. They're cannibals.
they ought to be thankful that we brought them here. You know, I've heard that in the South. Have you ever heard that one? They'd have been eating each other in Africa. They're cannibals, so we just took them, or we took the land because they're cannibals. They didn't know how to use the land. We're smarter than they are because we believe in God. And we should manage them because they don't know any better. That's the kind of rationale or free will that comes about in a society that believes that they are right or that they have free will. In other words, it's very hard to escape your culture. It's very difficult without a long-term discussion as to what gives you preference in behavior. If you say, I like the girl's nose, it's a little tiny nose upturned, and this guy has a beak, a long beak, and they call him eagle beak. But if everybody had an eagle beak, you would be the funny one. Do you understand that? That's why the whole idea of you had an eye in the middle of your forehead and two eyes here, one eye in the back of your head, you wouldn't want to marry a girl that didn't have an eye in the middle of the forehead, unless you were brought up by a whole family with eyes in the middle of the forehead. So it's very hard to think your way out of your culture. Free will is not a question of rational discussion. It's a question of exchange of ideas up and back till the person says, I can see that, but I still respond to redheads. That means if you were brought up to like women, not men, you say, well, I can understand that a guy can be brought up to fuck sheep. I can understand that, but I was brought up to like redheads. You understand what I mean? As long as you know where you're coming from. If you give an American Indian a bull of a watch, he doesn't say, gee, that's a bulliver, or that's a Gruen. He hasn't been concerned with that propaganda. So his decision affecting that is very different. All decision-making, if you think about it, seems to fit the culture you live in. If you don't understand it, go back and think in terms of an Indian village, or a person brought up in China, and their reactions, the way they bow to you, all learn. And if you don't understand that, facial expressions. In other words, if a person gives you a gift, you say, oh, you shouldn't have done that, then take it back and see what happens. Say, all right, I'll put it back in my pocket. They don't say, okay. They feel put out. They only have expressions that they use. Happy birthday. Oh, it was the wrong day. Unhappy birthday. What do they say? If you say, Wednesday is not my birthday, it's next Thursday. Oh. So, happy birthday. Next Wednesday. <laughs> Everything you say, your facial expressions, I'm, I'm engaged, oh how lovely. You say, what a terrible fucking thing. You can't say that. So, think of what you say. I'm getting married next week. Oh, you're lucky you. I wish I met somebody I would want to marry. All of those things are forced. Well, they're not forced in the sense of arm twisting. They're forced in the sense of environmental exposure. When you salute the American flag, that's the way you were brought up. If you salute the swastika, that's the way you were brought up. 
But if you're brought up after you learn to salute the swastika and you're brought to America, you have difficulty saluting the American flag until you're propagandized enough. And that's what newscasts are. News is managed news to keep you within a certain value system. A broad-minded radio station can't build a big following because there's too many variables in behavior that will not work too well. You can't control people if they can lose their self-respect or whatever it is that you give them. So if I were driving a car and I were detracted by some fire in another automobile and I killed a person, I would not feel guilty because I was detracted. But there are people that carry that guilt all their lives. I hit a man crossing the street. I should have been more attentive. But if you weren't more attentive and you killed a guy driving a car because you were some car caught on fire and you were turned away and you killed two kids crossing the street, oh my God, you know, all your life you get nightmares because of your values, thinking it's your fault. I don't know if you understand that. You could have been detracted. I can say this, that there was a sufficient detraction so that I didn't see the kids crossing the street. Therefore, nothing is your fault, no matter what happens. It's never your fault. If you're conditioned to hate Filipinos and you beat up a Filipino, at that phase of your life, you're not a bad person. You're a person carrying out your conditioning. So I never do anything I'm sorry for. I didn't know any better. Do you think you know what I mean? If you make a bad drawing without art instructions, that would be normal. If you make a better drawing with art instructions, you know what it is that made you, enabled you to be better. But if you hold guilt for something you once did, say you fucked a rabbit that belonged to your neighbor and all your life you're ashamed of that, that means at that time you were a rabbit fucker. Later on you weren't. So there's no guilt. Do you understand that? But guilt keeps people in line. If you give people guilt feelings that work for your factory that produces flashlights, Nobody's apt to steal a flashlight that works for you. So you you might ask, do you go to church? It says every week. Are you a Catholic? Yes. They're less apt to steal. For guys agnostic and atheist who doesn't believe in morality, then you have less hope, you know what I mean? Uh, of, but they may be moralists too. You can be an atheist and a moralist. Can you understand that? If you've got enough moral training. For a person that's without moral training, people will go in many different directions, not if you provide for their needs. They won't go in many different directions. If they know they can go to the access center. But if there's a lake and you own it, and there's drinking water there, I will come at night and steal some water from my family and feel bad that I've done that thieving act. Because you taught me not to take your water. It belongs to you. And if you succeed in giving me a guilt complex, 
you need less policemen. Do you understand? By making a person feel guilty, you don't need as many policemen to watch over you. So all moral laws are control devices. They don't start out that way. The guy beats the shit out of you if you touch his property. And then the teachers teach morality. But if they don't teach morality in school, you will lose control of people. So if you go to my school, I will teach the children to respect God. God put me in charge of you. That's why I'm in charge. So I have to teach the kids to respect me. If I said, look, I'm just like any other human being. I make mistakes. I make poor judgments sometimes. They won't respect me. And if they lose respect for me, I can't control them. That's why equal justice under the law does not exist. If lawyers go to prison, they go to a special prison. Did you know that? Not an ordinary prison. They call it a country club. They're treated differently. So, so that's not equal justice under the law. And if you have a lot of money, you can hire a better lawyer and you can get away with things. Okay, I hope, as far as morality goes, see if you can think of something where you make your own decisions. See if you can invent something. Do you believe that beauty is a question of geography, where you're raised? If you're raised in a black culture, the girls there are black. In the South Pacific Islands, they like girl with a fat belly. I mean, really fat. So they feed them lots of fatty food, and they got a big that turns the guy on. Is they right, wrong? No. Different customs. Now girls pluck their eyebrows and they put lipstick on. I don't like lipstick. Most people do. So say you should put makeup on, you're going out. I think no makeup makes a person look better. They look with the blue around the eyes and all that shit. That bothers me. But that's the way I was brought up. There's nothing wrong with putting makeup on. It's just a waste of time, that's all. Anyway, try it, see how it works. Try changing the concept of free will. But start out with, if you were brought up in another culture, like I always do, I say the same thing, how are you, mate? Is that an inborn thing in Australia, or is that learned? Ask them that. And when a guy speaks with a German accent, is that learned or is that inborn? Ask him that. And, and I'm sure you'll get the right answer. And if you say, oh my, how awful, two children were lost in a fire. Is your reaction, if you hated children, you say, good riddance. You know what I mean? If you say two Nazis were killed in a plane crash to a Jew, he says, good, it should have happened sooner. You know, if you told two Nazis that, they say, how horrible. Just show them examples, and if they don't get that, get off. I think I told some of you, somebody in Spain spoke with a lisp, and all the people of that area of Spain speak with a lisp, because he was the guy in charge. Spoke with a lisp. So everybody spoke that way. So you have... You know the story of the naked king, 
the same sort of thing. The king comes into the room naked, nobody noticed that, because he's the king. You'll have to try now and see how it works. If everything in nature is acted upon by resident forces, that means trees need water, rain, sunshine, man cannot put himself out and say, he's the only organism that is not connected to nature. Show the arrogance of that assumption. They say that giraffes are born with a long neck to get the food from high trees. They have a long neck and they can get the food from high trees. But they're not born with a long neck to get the food. That, that means it was designed then. So always start out with everything in nature. A branch doesn't bend unless it's got thousands of oranges on it. It'll bend. The weight of the oranges pull the branch down. No branch decides to bend because of the weight. I don't even think the sun shines. I think it's a nuclear furnace that makes the sun shine. The whole thing is a nuclear furnace burning up. And that's what produces the alpha, beta, and gamma rays. And what produces that? Gravity. The gravity of the sun is so great, uh, compression far beyond anything. If we can compress matter with, with laser beams, if we can do that, and start a nuclear furnace. So sometimes it's gravity, not just heat and pressure. And so there's always some kind of acting force on something to make it do something. If all the food were on the ground, giraffes would be have a useless long neck. If food only grew on the ground and giraffe had to carry that long neck and always eating from the ground, he'd have less ability to live. But if all food grew on trees and other animals couldn't climb trees, it would be the giraffe that would survive. But nature doesn't give a giraffe a long neck to eat fruit from trees. Nature has no purpose. It produces all kinds of freaks. Those that don't work are killed. I don't know if you ever noticed that. If a cat is born different, the mother cat kills it. You ever notice that? Or birds peck at other birds. Even in the nest, when there's food, they peck at the others. And they kill them, push them out of the nest, because they interfere with their food. As I say, you're killing your own brother. The bird doesn't say that. It has no moral convictions. Neither did man to start out with. He couldn't afford more moral convictions. He killed his brother if his brother got favors from his father. That's in the Bible. Their father favored one child over the others. They hoped that that kid would die. Can you understand that? Their decision to hope that was made by father's behavior. And father favored one child because he either looked a certain way or behaved the way father wanted him to behave. If you went to church every day and your brother didn't, your mother would respect the other brother. That's against you. 
And if you became an atheist later, if you surpassed your mother's sense of morality, you would lose respect for your mother. And as the minister says, you respect and honor your mother. But if you find your mother not to be honorable, you can't respect her. You understand that? When my mother reacted to the Japanese kid, I lost respect for her. My brother fell in love with a girl that was not of our nationality, and he brought her home. My mother says, I want you to go out with a girl that follows the Turkish beliefs. My brother gave up the girl. I lost respect for her. If she was a nice girl, that's all that matters. If she was pleasant, understanding, open-minded, those were my yardsticks. My brother was affected by my mother's decision, not his own. Do you understand? So I said, oh, don't you respect your mother? It depends if she's worthy of respect, yes. My brother and my sister were normal, perfectly normal people, meaning fucked up completely. So I did not respect them. Can you understand that? But I should respect my mother, my own brother. But I would say that maybe the guy like Louis Pasteur, complete stranger, made it possible for me to live. And that's the history of science. Many people that I don't even know made it possible for me to eat and live. That gave me shots against certain diseases. They enabled me to live, not my parents. My parents meant well, but they were not as qualified. You understand? Okay. If I lose my, make my mental equilibrium, and I don't know who you are, or you are, or Roxanne, if you put me in a mental institution, if you come and visit me, it wouldn't do any good. I wouldn't say, how are you, Larry? You know, I wouldn't know who you are. So it wouldn't do any good. Like if I'm dying of cancer, I really don't like to see visitors, because they can only say, it's too bad, how do you feel today, not too good. Well, they can't, if they can go and the cancer got smaller, come and visit me. But, but the visitor can say, they're there, they're there, you know, that doesn't do anything. But a lot of people need that. It gives them the will to live. When people come and visit them, they say, you make me feel so good. But because that's an unhealthy, non-real relative visit, it doesn't do anything. Every time the doctor comes to visit you, he puts a salve on there and that heals the wound. So the visit of the doctor is more relevant. But we are not brought up that way. Remember, when I said if the person loses their mental equilibrium, they don't know who you are. They might feel good if you come to visit them, so visit them if they need that. There was a play called Tobacco Road. I don't know if you ever saw it, did you? Tobacco Road it ran seven years in New York. The guy that played the lead gets up in the morning and he washes his face in a tub of water and he pulls his shirt out and he tries himself with it. And that was the big hit. You know? And the kid driving a car killed his grandmother. And they said, did you kill your grandmother? He said, the son of a bitch got in the way of my car and I run her down. 
But in the play, they had different feelings than we did. A lot of those plays, A.B.'s Irish Rose, did you ever hear of that play, A.B.'s Irish Rose? About a Jewish boy named A.B. falls in love with an Irish girl. And in the play, of course, it works out. But in real life, Jews disown their kids that marry outside of their marriage. Not all Jews, those conventional Jews. And conventional Jews have women sit up in the balcony, not with the men, because that induces sexual feelings. But the Reformed Jews have Jews and women and men in the same area. But they're brought up that way, it's not their fault. You understand? That's what I mean by choices are not made, they're induced. Choices are made by usually false values, indoctrination. 